Coming up, a Sad Styles production. Get into it! This is Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, a podcast where we gamble on anything and everything. On this episode, we are talking about the Oscars with our guest, The Jackal. Then we're talking about a very interesting UFC Fight Night made event. I am your host, Andrew Bascom. Let's lose some money. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Welcome to another episode of Losing Money with Andrew Bascom, the 163rd episode to be exact. We have so much to discuss, like the 95th Academy Awards, and two shirtless men slapping each other around, and the many ways to lose money on it. What a varied program we have here today. But before we lose money on this episode, let's recap the many ways that we lost money last week. Except we didn't. UFC 285. Oh, John Jones, Cyril Gunn. What, what a hell of a main event. John Jones coming in looking slightly a little bit fatter, even though I think everyone's pretty happy that he put on muscle a good way and didn't just like gain 40 pounds by eating Twinkies. There, you know, there was muscle there surrounded by a little bit of fat. And Cyril Gunn looked incredible. Trained for eight months to go out there, kick John Jones in the nuts and get choked out in a minute. Just what what an incredible training camp. I hope I hope that paid off. <laughs> Way to go, Cyril. Uh, yeah, we had John Jones to win at minus 155. That was a win. We had over three and a half rounds. Didn't even come close. I don't, we didn't give a get halfway into a first round. Uh, and then a sprinkle on Jones by decision, which, which looks laughable, even though it was only plus 185. The biggest thing on the card that we lost money on was Valentina Shevchenko. I got to imagine that everybody... And their mother lost money on Valentina Shevchenko. We talk about this a little bit, and it always sounds like sour grapes. It always sounds like sour grapes that you go out there and say, this, you were not wrong in your analysis, which is, I, I agree. If you had told me before this that uh, Alexa Grasso was going to uh, BJJ <laughs> take down Valentina Shevchenko and choke her out, and you're like, yeah, I think that's a pretty good uh, bet. You know, second round, I was thinking like a, you know, just maybe like a rear naked choke by taking her down. I'm like, no. That's a bad bet. And even if it comes true, that's a bad bet. Well, that's exactly what happened. I still think it's kind of uh, maybe the most unpredictable outcome we could have had. But we had Shevchenko everywhere. So this was a big hurting hurting cause for our bets here. We had Shevchenko to win inside the distance. We had under four and a half rounds, which actually just was so close. It was so close because it was halfway through the fifth round. And it was just by seconds we lost that one because we could have made some money on it. But that was the big one because we also had it in our parlay with uh, Balnikal and uh, and Shavkat Rachmanov. We'll get to that in a second here because Rachmanov, he won inside the decision at minus 130 and under two and a half rounds. That was a win for us as well at plus 155. And the biggest winner of them all is we had a sprinkle on Rachmanov round two plus 450 and a sprinkle on round three plus 1,000. Oh, mana from heaven. That plus 1,000 is going to be the biggest difference of how we made money on this one. Uh, we had uh, Jalen Turner. He lost. Doesn't matter. Under two and a half round. And we had Bo Nical to win in round one, minus 195. And that was a win all over the place. So that was really good. So ultimately, we went five and seven, right? That's that's not good. That's not good. You're going to lose money. Uh, but we are up 7.5 units. Why? Thank you, Shavkat Rachmanov. And that plus 1,000. Up 7.5 units. That's like a very, very good night. And on a losing record, thank God. Ugh, I love betting on MMA. The gambler, he pretty much broke even. He was just like maybe just under minus one units. He had uh, gone plus 140. Boy, does that look stupid. The fight not to go the distance, plus 120. Hey, there you go. That's a win. He had uh, Shevchenko, like everyone and their mother did inside the distance minus 135 and you have Bonacal sub minus 140 and that's a win that is just like a minus 0.9 unit so pretty much a broke even on that one you know good card uh there's great cards coming up we're gonna be talking about the gambler even next week a little bit as we talk about the uh Usman Edwards rematch 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 now uh because we, we're not allowed to see new fights anymore so we're gonna have that one next week and we're gonna have a very short week but we'll get to that at the end of the episode first off 
the Academy Awards are this Sunday, and we need to lose some money on it. Let's go on to bet number one. Live from beautiful Los Angeles for the 95th Academy Awards is the one, the only, the Jackal, everybody. The Jackal is coming on because we are going to be making bets for the Academy Awards. Jackal, how you doing? Hello, everyone. I'm giving you little uh, Princess <laughs> Diva waves right now. It's Oh, yeah, little oh, waves. Little waves. Oh, if you If you're a new listener, the Jackal comes on to be making bets on anything that doesn't involve a ball, anything that doesn't involve sports, and the Oscars is a perfect way to be losing money and to be betting on a Jackal. Are you excited for the 95th Academy Awards? I'm really excited. Just the ceremony and everything leading into this, the movies this year, love them. The drama this year going into the Oscars, even better. Uh, It's uh, going to be a weird show. So (laughs) so at least the movies this year are going to like, you're going to watch because they're credible movies, but I don't know what's going to go on with the show and Jimmy Kimmel and the whole slap thing and whatnot. I I don't know. Well, that's okay. So that's the thing we got to talk about. Jimmy Kimmel is hosting for the third time ever. The first two times that Jimmy Kimmel is Mm -hmm. hosted, there was the La La Land uh, uh, Moonlight Year where they named the wrong one and then had to go, oh, wait, no, it's the other one. And then the other time was that a nominee ran on stage and slapped one of the people presenting the awards, which sounds like something you'd make up, but it was a real thing that happened last year. That was only last year. Is that, That's also unbelievable to me. That was only last Those year. Those sound like the Jimmy Kimmel Oscars, though. Like, it really, <laughs> yeah. like that would happen as he hosts. I wonder what, like, the bet you could make this year. Like, <laughs> somebody's dress will completely fall off or, like, a light will strike one of the presenters yeah. and kill them. Um, yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be an interesting year. And it was an interesting year of movies. And I want to hear about your thoughts on the movies, too. But we got to find ways to lose money here. See, here's the problem, though. Here is the Jimmy Kimmel-sized elephant in the room that we got to talk about. There are a lot of awards this year that are already determined. Seemingly, bet-wise, odds-wise, are are predetermined and they all circle around one movie and that's everything everywhere all at once. What, how do we do this? How do we split the difference here? How do we lose money? How do we make money on this awards? It's a tough one. It's really interesting too, because everything everywhere all at once, which is just an accomplishment and us being able to say that every time. Absolutely. A lot of it is not necessarily a movie that I thought the Oscars would go so full force into. Absolutely. It's, I I, love it. It's an incredible movie. I think you and I, similar vibes, great movie. And there are elements of it, it. like the immigrant story and the things like that. But it is motherhood and daughter, you know, it is so weird. It is. It's so (laughs) weird. Okay. I'm glad we're talking about this because, okay, let's just get to best picture here too. Before the nominee, before uh, everyone had voted, which was about 10 days ago now, and the, the votes went in. And it was submitted. Everything Everywhere All at Once was around a minus 2,000 favorite, depending on what book Mm. you're using. Then about a couple of days ago, about three days ago, votes go in, and it gets to a minus 1,000. So it becomes less of a favorite. Interesting. Now I'm seeing minus 600s on the boards. I think people are getting scared now and starting to think that this market could open up. Now, I will say two things about this. I still think they're going to win. I still think they're going to win. There's been positive momentum. And you know, the other one too is the award ceremony is now very predetermined because you have the the BAFTAs and the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes and all these kind of things that lead up to the Academy Awards. So by at this point, you've seen a lot of awards being handed out and the far majority of them have gone to everything everywhere all, all at once. Now, I will say the second thing is this is the first year with ranked balloting. What is ranked balloting? Well, in the past, you used to have to hand in your nomination and go, I voted for this one movie. And that was it. 
right? Now you vote your top five. And that means that you're, so if I vote fourth for Tar, let's say, or something like that, that still gets some points into the, into winning the award. There's no second place. That's all good. And the reason I bring that up is because everything everywhere all at once might not work for everyone, right? The people that love it will love it. The young people, the much more international academy, thank God, um, that have helped movies like Moonlight or Parasite win. Um, Like we're only a couple of years from a Korean movie Mm -hmm. winning, which is insane. But you know who's, you know what movie? Everyone's gonna have in their top five. I, oh, I, I, it, was, it was the best movie of the year, Top Gun Maverick. I bet you everybody is on some way going like, "Hey, Tom Cruise helped save the cinematic uh, movie structure." I'm gonna put Maverick on this list somewhere. All I'm saying at plus twenty nine hundred, I had to look down to make sure I have a bet out there already on it. Plus twenty nine hundred. If Put a little sprinkle on Top Gun Maverick because you'll feel happy twice. Because if they win, you're like, oh my God, I just won a lot of money. And the second thing is you go, good, it was the best movie of the year. That's That would be the Jimmy Kimmel award ceremony for you if <laughs> Top Gun Maverick <laughs> takes best picture. And again, don't get me wrong. Fantastic movie. Oh my God. Fantastic movie. But uh, Jimmy Kimmel and Tom Cruise hugging like would be the picture of going like, wow, look at this Oscars that happened. Oh my God. Okay. So, but are you doing anything else for best picture? Are you doing everything, anything other than everything ever all at once? I'm not. I I think, I think it's gotta be the win. I'd be, I think there's other bets you can make that would be a little, a little more secure, even if we're talking about yeah. everything everywhere all at once, uh, sweeping this just a, just a touch. Yeah, I, I am too. I just think the numbers don't really give you much incentive to be betting on everything everywhere all at once. It, you're right. not making a lot of money off of it. If you want to sprinkle something on, I don't know, Banshees of Inishirin, you know, which I thought was going to be the next one, but All Quiet on the Western Front has now moved up into the second place there. So maybe you're doing something there. Everything else, everything else that is not everything everywhere all at once has really good odds. So maybe a little sprinkle here and there, but I agree with you. I don't think Best Picture is the one that I'm going to be staying on. Where do you want to start? What, where of the acting categories do you think is the most interesting? I think Best Actor. Okay, best actor. Let's talk about it because this will be the one award where everything everywhere all at once is not dominating the category. Best actor is a really interesting category this year mm. and I think has really incredible performances too in it. Really yes. great actors. It's 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 a really interesting category. I think it's just so varied, which is just exciting because sometimes it can be so mm-hmm. run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brendan Fraser, obviously, he's been very much yeah. leading the charge, both like from his yep. performance, which is incredible. Um, also then sprinkled in with a little bit of controversy, which just kind of adds to the storyline. But then also just his whole, um, and I mean this in the best way, his PR <laughs> redemptive storyline. Oh, of yeah. Just, of yeah. just, you know coming back into Hollywood and, and having a great performance and all of that and, and, and the Oscars and, and, you know, we all love a story like that. So it, it's understandable yeah. why he is kind of leading in this category. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say the exact same thing. Cause I, my pick is still Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. minus 160 via FanDuel right now to win best actor for the whale. But I will tell you, there are two people out there that scare me in this category. It is the most open of the categories mm-hmm. right now because we have Austin Butler and Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell right now, it plus 1,600. Ooh, a little scary. Talk about a redemptive arc as well. Now everyone, now everyone just loves mm-hmm. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell shows up and everyone's like, oh, look at this charming guy. Like, oh, wonderful. But Austin Butler playing Elvis scares me. 
Yeah, which is hilarious in a lot of ways because it's a ridiculous movie. <laughs> it it's a ridiculous performance. It's a ridiculous movie. Um, his whole <laughs> thing's been ridiculous. The accent, all of that. But mm. Jackal, he can't <laughs> lose it. No, that's his voice now. No, I don't know he if you heard. Elvis. That's his voice now. He talks like that. He is Elvis. I don't know if you heard about this. <laughs> well, we've always known Elvis was coming back or or existed. We just didn't know it was in the body of a twenty six year old blonde kid from wherever. But. You, who cares about an acting award at that point? You embodied yes. him so much, you yes. became him. You should win some kind of lifetime achievement <laughs> yeah. award. He's like, I am no longer Austin Butler. I am now Elvis. Oh no, absolutely. Help me. He he's really. I mean, he's also pushing for it so hard. Oh, God, he's yeah. so thirsty yeah, for yeah, the yeah, best yeah. Oscar. Um, <laughs> so I mean, if he won it, I would say kudos because he has sold his soul to get it. But I think that I yes. think there is I think there's a real push for him, whether it's Boz Lerman or or whatever it is. But there there's some Hollywood rumblings that I think this possibly could happen. See, I think that is smart money, even though I'm taking Brendan mm -hmm. Fraser at minus 160 just because it's kind of the safe bet. Austin Butler, everyone has said for a bit there, there was a there was a period where people thought, watch out for Elvis winning Best Picture, which also, <laughs> amazing, uh, just hilarious. But is that because the Academy is still very old and all these Academy screenings, so they have, to, if you guys don't know, they have these Academy screenings for people in the Academy in New York and Los Angeles, classic coastal leads, <laughs> that would go to these screenings and, you know, you get a free screening and then you can go, oh, now I can vote. That's really good. But they're packed for Elvis and there's like standing ovations at the end because they're like, I remember <laughs> Elvis. That was fun, you know? And so this is not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh. I would love to see it because I hope he gets up on stage, accepts the Oscar and like rips <laughs> off his mask and he's actually Elvis or like just some. Oh, that's yeah, so yeah. good. I just, when he gets out of the Elvis, like tan and the hair, the black hair and stuff like that. And he gets up and he's like, Oh mama. Oh, thank you very much for this Academy award. You're going to be like, fuck off. <laughs> get out of here. Oh my God. So there you go. There we're, we're differing here a little bit on best actor with you going with Austin Butler and I'm Brennan Frazier at the whale minus minus one sixty. All right. So let's get to best actress. Another one that's pretty close, but has an everything everywhere all at once. Uh, you know, tied to it. Michelle Yeoh right now is the lead uh, for minus 134. We're getting that number via Unibet. But the person you have to worry about is uh, uh, the real person, Lydia Tarr, playing Kate Blanchett at plus 105 for Tarr. Uh, Lydia Tarr, who di does canonically have an Oscar already uh, in the from the movie. I wonder what she won it for. Best score, I guess, or something mm. like that. But Kate Blanchett at minus 105 for a second. Where are you feeling for Ugh, this? This is tough. Tough. I love Kate Blanchett. Just, oh, just, she's the best. She's the best. A goddess on screen, and her. It, she's getting into like Bowie Prince territory. Yes. Like she's not human, yes. right? Like Kate Blanchett just feels ethereal. That is a very accurate statement you just made. A hundred percent. Yeah, she's just upper echelon. Like, who are you? Um, yeah. And uh, we're not the same species. And th this movie, she's incredible in it. I mean, I, like, she's so again, she's just. She's just incredible in it because, of course, she would. She's playing oh, yeah. this incredibly yeah. strong female lead, you know, and and uh, it's just a really interesting take. And in any other year, I don't think we'd even be talking about this because she would be the obvious choice. Michelle Yao, though, yeah. plays just such an incredibly interesting oh, character. Amazing, and she's now completely backed up by. Um, essentially almost every award leading into this it's a yes, it's a yes. tough one i'm i'm 
I'm going to go with you on the betting strategy on this because I'm real stuck. I, I'm going to go with Michelle Yeoh here for at minus 134. I think that number is still low enough where you can still make some money on it. And the other thing that we haven't talked about when we talked about everything everywhere all at once, especially if it wins Best Picture, is the idea that this might be like a clean sweep night. Like they might win every category mm. just because there is so much possible momentum and people just can ticket, mm. you know, they get like a ticket like we do, you know, any election or something like that. And you just go down the board and go tick, 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 tick. Everything everywhere all at once kind of wins. She is, the movie doesn't work with her mm. without her, excuse me. This like, and the other one too is, you know, it's kind of like when you cast Christopher Walken in something and you don't tell anyone he's scary, but he shows up and people go, ah, because you have so much memory of that person that he is. And it's the same as Michelle Yeoh in this movie where it's like, oh, she's a lowly owner of a, uh, of a laundromat and stuff like that. Oh my God, that's so nothing. But in your mind, you're going, no, wait, that is beautiful Michelle Yeoh who kicks ass all the time. And you're like, and so when she's doing that later, you're not like, what? You're like, oh, that's amazing. This movie is completely on her shoulders. And minus 134, I think this might be one of those, just take the favorite, just be okay with it, even though you're going against famous alien Kate Blanchett. I mean, if you really, um, if you really want to go crazy, Anna de Armas, uh, that was a, that was a real performance as well. Let's go with that. Holy <laughs> shit. That, it, like, I don't put it on her. Blonde is not her <laughs> fault, even though she's a participant in it. It's whatever, you like, it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you, when your friend murders somebody and you're standing <laughs> next to them, you're like, well, you didn't murder them, but you were, you were there. Uh, it, oh God, Blonde is a it's, it's oddly the Austin Butler choice of the best actress, <laughs> but somehow the best actor makes it work better. I don't know. Maybe that's a see, societal okay. statement, but we'll see. I, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because, you know, the other thing about the Austin Butler argument has to be just people love biopics. Yeah. They go, hey, I know that person. Like, think, think about when when uh, Renee Zellweger won for playing mm-hmm. Judy Garland. Has anyone ever seen that movie? Has anyone even, like, have we even thought about that movie since then? No, but she won for it. So, like, heads up. Like, that's, you know, it's not crazy to think he wins for playing Elvis. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Um, okay. So, let's go to Best Supporting Actress because Best Supporting Actor, I think, is there's no point in talking about it. Uh, Ki-Hui Kwan is going to win. He's like minus 3,000 or something like that. He is going to win. That is going to be a cemented thing for sure. And he'll probably be the first award of the night. It'll be like best supporting actor. And they'll be like, remember this as a kid? Now he's an adult and here's an Academy Award. I'm so excited for his acceptance speech. Oh, it's been cute every step of the way. He's been very adorable. Yeah, yeah, he, yes, he will always be data or short round. Um, okay, but Best Supporting Actress gets into a little bit of an interesting category mm-hmm. here. Uh, I, I, you know, this one's gone back and forth. For a long time, Angela Bassett had had it, like, sewn up. That was the way it was going to go. And then it moved back a little bit. But I think we're going back into Angela Bassett territory here. And I think you can get a good number right now at plus 140 bet, uh, via Bet365 for her portrayal of uh, Black Panther at Wakanda Forever. What do you think? Well, this is another really good... Uh, category uh, completely again like incredible performances across the board Um, obviously some of them a little smaller and you can see that in the bets like Stephanie Shu and stuff Mm -hmm. like that who she's awesome Um, awesome she's a great actor she's in a couple other things that I watch and and to see her she's in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel which is a whole thing and then she goes in here and I literally had to look her up because I'm like I recognize her completely different character she so plays she, the daughter and everything everywhere all at once. Yes, she was amazing. And is currently uh, currently plus 6,000. Mm-hmm. 6,000! Jesus Christ, that's crazy. But I would say in the Best Supporting Actress, I mean, I guess it's only just a little bit more, but Jamie Lee, I could really see pulling yeah, away with this. Yeah. She's a Hollywood legend, uh, you know, family. Famous exactly. parents. Exactly. Yeah. And 
Nepo baby. Nepo baby. <laughs> Classic Nepo baby. She's the 70. vet's got to be on whether she mentions Nepo babies in the acceptance speech. <laughs> but she, I'm the first Nepo baby. Actually, Judy Garland is probably speaking of it. But this yeah. is a completely different role for her. It's so out mm-hmm. of her element. It again going along with the film. Just just an odd role. And and she's again she's great in it just like all the other actresses in this category but i think it would be a really interesting bet and i think it's 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 very much something that could that could end up happening oh no i agree with you you know because angela bassett's first jamie lee curtis is second in odds at a plus 184 mm-hmm. and then carrie condon which i think is the other interesting one at plus 200 for banshees of insurance and really you know brenda gleason and colin farrell are incredible let's not forget about uh, jenny the donkey mm-hmm. jenny the donkey carries a lot of weight there as well but carrie condon really is the emotional weight of that movie mm-hmm. of looking at these two stubborn men going like what the feck is wrong with you and just in like really calling people out for things i th- if Banshees had any momentum at plus 200, I would be looking there a little bit, but I don't think you can get past Angela Bassett, absolutely legendary Hollywood person, and Jamie Lee Curtis even more so. I just I just don't see that happening. It'd be a big upset. Those are... Big upset. Yeah. yeah big yeah, upset. Yeah. Okay, so those are the acting categories. We're not even going to talk about director because it's the same thing as Kihei Kwong. It just, it's the Daniels. The Daniels are going to win. And to be perfectly honest, of all the things Everywhere All at Once did, the directors, I think, deserve all the credit. Like, they... It's a really uh, mind-melting kind of movie. And so, uh, so like, I think they deserve all the credit. But unfortunately, there's not much to talk about there. I agree. I, them keeping that entire thing on track, that, oh. that deserves, uh, that right there deserves an Oscar. Because there's a couple times where you think, <laughs> well, you maybe go. I'm about to lose it. And then they yeah. get you right back on track. Incredible. Yeah. Well, you know, even like little things like the TikTok where they've slowed down each of the frames where they show the different lives they have. Oh. And you're like, wow, they had to like costume that and write it out and then put a background and like f- film the whole thing. Like, and they do hundreds of them. It's crazy. So, um, you know, so there you go. Those are the big six. Those are the big six awards and how we're going to be betting on them. But uh, Jackal, any other bets you're going to be making uh, on the Oscars that night? Well, uh, I enjoy an animated feature. Oh, who doesn't? I do, uh, you know, just sometimes like to tuck in there and uh, watch something a little fun. <laughs> and there were some tuck good, in there. <laughs> there were some good ones this year. Yeah. And uh, we were talking before, but Turning Red. Oh yeah. I gotta say, was a great movie, and not such a good movie. Just being from Toronto and and seeing all the scenes that mm. were in the film and all of that, and it's shocks. Oh, watch out, Jackal fans! Now you know where she lives. Watch out. <laughs> Maybe I just frequent the T dots. <laughs> oh yeah, right. <laughs> just for tips. Much like a big red uh, panda kaiju. Very similar. Very similar. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I was surprised to see it at plus twenty three hundred. I yeah, plus twenty three. And again, yeah. it's probably just the time it came out, and so that that for sure would not be my bet. I just gotta you know give my personal opinion on that it's one. Good movie. Good movie. However. <laughs> Both on a comedy note and a serious note, would it not be great if Puss in Boots won Best <laughs> Animated Feature Film? Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. A plus eighteen hundred currently. I, I need to. We need to get the. We need to get the also Jimmy Kill, Jimmy Kimmel elephant size thing in the room. Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio is a minus two thousand. Come right? on. So it's a big. <laughs> yeah okay come on the only thing i'd say about that is i agree with you i think puss in boots is like a really good one and then uh second is uh 
Uh, Marcel Deschamps with shoes on at plus 1600. Uh, you know, the only thing I'd say about that is uh, the Oscars love Guillermo del Toro. Mm. They love him. He is like a mascot. He shows up to all the luncheons and goes, they're like, they pointed him and go like movies. And he's <laughs> like, hello, everybody. <laughs> like, you know, uh, so that's what you got to be battling with. But you know what the thing is? People loved Puss in Boots, like really loved it. So, you know, that's a really good number. Yeah, and we could go back to who watched the Judy Garland movie. Who really saw Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio? For me, it's Robert Zemeckis' Pinocchio or nothing. It's Tom Hanks playing Geppetto from this year in that horrible monstrosity, and then everyone's like, I'm done. That's not this one? No, that's it. Di- <laughs> no, it's, that's a different there one. Are no. two <laughs> there are two. They came out a month apart. Hi. No one is more shocked than the Jackal. Oh, Kai, I feel I've let down your fans. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I still disagree. I still think Puss in Boots is the way oh. better bet. But, oh, good Lord. Yeah. Shouldn't have done my research. <laughs> didn't realize there were two Pinocchio movies in one year. Why would you think there would be two Pinocchio movies, though? Like, no. only think about it. Uh, one of the other bets I want to be making is best original score, Babylon, minus 175. Uh, there is a big Babylon hive uh, among Hollywood, and the music in it is incredible. I think since it's one of the few Academy Award nominations it got, I think people are going to be, like, absolutely filtering towards that one. And the other one, too, is it's it's about movies. It's about Hollywood. It's about Hollywood, baby. And they love giving movies to, about Hollywood to Hollywood movies. So I think that minus 175 for original score is a... That's pretty fair oh there we go well jackal hope you have fun watching the oscars thanks so much for coming on and most importantly we hope you have fun losing money thanks andrew talk to you later Okay, bet number two for this episode is a UFC fight night. And you're like, ah, oh, UFC fight night. Come on. We just talked about 285 here. That's ridiculous. We have the Oscars. That's that's glitz and glam. What are we going to do about this one? The only reason I'm bringing this up is because the main event is actually really, really good. If you had told me Peter Yan a couple of years, like a year and a half ago, was fighting in a UFC fight night, I'd be like, what happened to Peter Yan? Well, judging. Judges happened to Peter Yan. That's what happened. He's fighting Marab Dishvili. Uh, right now, Peter Yan is a minus 250, and Marab Dishvili is a plus, two, plus 205, plus 220, depending on where you see it. First off, I gotta say, I was surprised to see Yan as a favorite of like two to one in this fight. Yeah, he's a former champ. He does deserve respect from the Ozmakers, blah, 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 blah. But the Russian has been in three straight fights that went the distance, and each of them closed, and two of them saw his opponent's arm raised. Conversely, Dashvili hasn't been designated with an underdog status since his last loss in 2018, which came at the end of the end of the third round, literally at the five minute mark of the end of the third round, which is more hilarious and sad than interesting. There's absolutely no way the Jan has faith in judges at this point. Like off the back of heel to heel split decision losses. You got to be kidding me. Both of his back to back losses here are split decision. This bout against uh, Sterling for the strap last April was less controversial than most recent defeat, which was against Sean O'Malley, which uh, Sean O'Malley, that was his only victory over someone that is currently on a UFC roster. So take that for what you will. Sean O'Malley, boy, might be more hype than substance here. But in that fight, you know, a pound of flesh was taken for both men, but it didn't appear that O'Malley was a little bit more active and did just enough during the win, I guess. Yon was vocal about the judges the following night, but this, uh, I don't know, fire, shall we call it, could lend to Yon looking to end the fight inside the distance. And if you look for the knockout, you're unlikely to win the decision. That's probably, that's just, that's just fighting math, guys. While Dashvili's last victory over former featherweight champion Jose Aldo comes solely from uh, from the feet, there's no doubt that his warm, delicious bread is buttered in the wrestling department. Dashvili averages 6.54 takedowns per 15 minutes, landing multiple takedowns in all his fights, with the exception of the Aldo bout. Conditioning is always the best thing 
that Mirabjafili has going for him, which is evident in like his outstanding wrestling numbers. But but there was some fatigue in his last fight at the elevation, but that was in Salt Lake City, so you know take that for what you will. This is the first time Dishvili has entered a five round fight. So there's always questions about guys going, oh, how can they do 15 minutes to 25 minutes? That's a big difference. But his conditioning is so good. This might be the one guy where you're like, actually, this might be his advantage. Dishvili is undervalued in this spot. There's just no way around it. I, I've placed him closer to like plus 125 uh, with a yawn coming at a minus 150. That's where I would have thought I saw the fight coming in. But <laughs> minus 250, plus 220, come on. Jan is a, a bit of a slow starter. He definitely like plays with his food. He times things out. It's natural because of his boxing style, which could very quickly see him like getting out grappled or putting on his back very fast. That's, that's, that's how I see this playing out. I see Marab winning. And I, I with the early parts of this fight, and I'm going to go with the value. I'm going to go with Marab Deshvili plus 220. We're getting those odds via bet online. And hilariously, we're going to go via decision at plus 330 via DraftKings because I would love Peter Yawn to like start screaming as the seconds count down in the fifth round. Like, no, we're going to decision again, not the judges. And then, of course, Murab Dishvili wins. And that's going to be so goddamn funny. We loved I, I honest to God, the jokes aside, I love Murab Dishvili in this fight. I think he's a great fighter and I kind of hate Peter Yawn. So there you go. There's karma a little bit. Dishvili plus 220. All right. Let's recap all the ways that we lost money today. Okay, the recap here, the three bets I'm going to be making for sure is Michelle Yeoh, Everything Everywhere All at Once for Best Actress, minus 134. Best Actor, Brendan Fraser, The Whale, minus 160. Terrible movie, just just awful. Best Supporting Actress, Angela Bassett, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, plus 140. And uh, the only time that the Jackal saw the difference here was she's taking The Butler Did It, Austin Butler, plus 167 for Elvis in Best Actor. The other one is for the UFC Fight Now. We have Marab Deshvili at plus 220 via Bet Online and via Decision at plus 330 via DraftKings. Ooh, that's a lot of ways. A lot of ways to lose money in very different ways on top of that, too. Subscribe to Losing Money with Andrew Baskin wherever you enjoy podcasts. And please give a subscribe and a like to at Losing Money WAB on either Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok, where we make free daily bets. We'll be back on Monday? What? Yes, yeah, a short week for the team at Losing Money with Andrew Baskin because we cannot wait to lose money on March Madness. Oh, my God. Two episodes next week because we're also doing UFC 286. So many ways to lose money. Have fun losing money. And we'll see you later, losers. He's the one that will help you bet. Then for the game, you'll be all set. Even though he may help you choose, remember you still may lose. Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it!